Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Hello, KM family. Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful introduction, and welcome to episode 11 Seeing is not believing. I'm really excited to get into this conversation. Uh, There's been a lot of experience this week that's really talking around the the prefaces of faith, uh, believing, um, manifestation, all these wonderful words that we hear and and passing, but we often have very little context or relationship with. I think listening in today is really important. I would recommend that you stay to the end. Also, before we get started, I just want to catch up with you all. I hope that, you know, things are well in your family, that uh, whatever you're pursuing, your purpose, your will, you're you're seeking clarity, you have clarity on that. I just really want to see the manifestation of God's blessing and promise over your life uh, come to pass. And I hope that this um, podcast elevates you in a manner which enables you to really meditate on his word, execute his word, so that what he has for you is available to you and at your disposal to really impact the kingdom, the marketplace, and those you care about most. For me, um, I'm just really ecstatic about what's happening right now for Kingdompreneur, its growth, uh, the team's dynamic. You know, each and every week we're learning something new. We're constantly stress testing our approach and our mentorship program as we prepare to bring it to the marketplace. And our primary desire is really to level up you know, God's people. And I was speaking with one of our board members and she said something so profound. And if she's listening, you know who I'm talking about. I don't want to say your name without your permission. But she said to me, she said, Reggie, you know, people are failing to experience God's, I mean, the advantage of being a Christian. Like they're, they're failing to experience that. They're failing to meet that. And she said in an articulate way that was even stronger, and I had it yesterday, and it's slipping my mind right now, but the fact that they're just not experiencing that advantage, they're not experiencing that benefit, right? I think that's really been our biggest mission, is to help you transition from that lack of experiencing to fully immersive experience, understanding, and really going from understanding how the enemy, like just look at words like the word true, and truth. Although they sound alike, they almost are spelled alike, but they don't have the identical meaning, right? Because truth is rock solid, non-negotiable, can't be changed. True, however, can be true in one moment and evolve and not be true in the next moment. And so understanding God's truth and what that is for your life, what that is in the Bible, right? When you look at the three P's for the Bible, is God's promises, God's patterns, and then also, what was the third one? Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Promises, patterns. So, 
I'll have to go back to school on that one and, and bring that to you next week. But the facts are, that the sum, the sum of the Bible, we like to focus on God's promises and making those promises really come to pass because those promises are going to create a level of comfort, a level of understanding, and then ultimately an enriched experience for your physical experience here on earth as you work towards uh, eternal life. And so seeing is not believing. You know, that's one of those truisms, too, that you often hear, that I will believe it when I see it. And that statement, that belief, that entire process, which we're not going to break that down, that would be in the mentorship course. But when we just look at it from a very surface, high level, you know, court conversation, it goes against the principle exactly how God functions. We're oftentimes, in order for us to get the understanding, to get the belief that, I mean, we have to step in with faith and believe it for it to come to pass. It is not that I am going to give it to you after you know, I will give it to you after you believe, not before you believe. And man, and i.e. the enemy, wants you to not have faith, to not have belief. So therefore, you have to see things. And the issue with seeing things is that our eyes will often deceive us. I mean, how many times have you been in a position? And I think back even when I used to be in sales. Uh, there was one time where I was selling a car, right? I used to work for Honda as a car salesman back many, many years ago. And when I was selling uh, cars, there was a gentleman that walked in, and um, you know he was—he had his cap on, relatively long hair, written out to his shoulders, you know, kind of pulled back. Um, looked like he was camping, like it was a camping, okay. And so he was judged. People thought, oh, this guy's coming, maybe kick tires. Uh, some of the salesmen that were available that could have got to him before I got to him you know, walked away and said he doesn't look like a buyer, right? What's interesting is what does a buyer look like? What they're ultimately saying is that he didn't look like he had money. But the problem with, again, seeing is believing is because the world has tried to depict what people with money look like, but the reality is it's not true, right? And that's one of those true-isms where it's like, hey, if they have the fancy clothes on or the fancy car they pull up in, they must have money. Well, in today's time, somebody can have really great credit and appear to have money, but not really have money. And again, I'm going down, uh, I'm chasing a ball, two different balls right now, so let me come back. So anyway, the gentleman walks over, and his energy was contagious. I mean, just respectful and, and articulate. And then back in my mind, I was like, whoa, I didn't expect that. And I kind of heard their perceptions and I refuse to kind of internalize them but you know some kind of seep in so you don't know but you I had the courage to continue in the in moving forward and to come to find out not only did that gentleman that day buy two cars from me but he was the vice president of Merrill Lynch right a 300 plus thousand income superior credit uh, I mean just a tier one buyer and I learned a very valuable lesson number one be careful who you listen to, right? And I'm grateful that I was. And then two, our eyes can deceive us. And that's why we got to move and work with Holy Spirit because I may not have been conscious right there, but obviously I was led to continue to move forward and I was blessed. And not only did I sell two cars that day, but by selling those two cars, I went from 13 cars sold that month to 15. I hit my bonus and literally two hours later, 
my daughter's mother contacted me saying that she's going to labor and that a child was going to be born, my daughter. And this was like December 30th, okay, because she was born on the 31st. So the point that I'm making that seeing is not believing. And if you are a person of faith, if you are a Christian and you are really understanding and learning the word, you will see the patterns, right? You will see that God's promises and and again, that, that third P is really bothering me right now. I can't think of it. But the bottom line is that God understands that in, intention will follow disruption. And so a disruption follows intention. And so therefore, in that matter, I want to talk about what is God's reward for those of us who um, decide, to, who make a decision that we're going to um, not go by what we see, but what we know, right? And we're going to go by the truth and that we're going to follow our faith and not our curiosity, not our fear, not our worries, okay? And so let's start right now with is what is the reward, okay? Because God rewards those who stand firm in their belief, who stands in a place of when there's ridicule, when there's persecution, where there's controversy, and they don't waver, that they maintain a strong belief, a strong faith, that they are encouraged, they understand that they are a child of the Most High, that they have a covenant with the King of all kings. Like when they think in that context and principle, then there are, there's a miraculous reward that you're going to need right now in today's time. And so I'm going to come start with, well, I'm going to pull a passage from Matthew 6.6. 6. Okay, so if you have your Bible, please grab it, open it up to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. There's words in context that we want to focus on. The first one is prayest which means I am to pray. I am actively doing it. I'm not just telling you that I'm doing it. I'm not telling you I'm going to do it. That There's direct communication from the prayer to the Father in communication. Entering the closet. Growing up, I used to always hear the elders mention, you need to have your prayer closet, right? So this space for you is somewhere that there is a door. <laughs> you can get into that room, it's quiet, your phone's not there. Everything's silence. It's just between you and God, and there's an opportunity to continue to build the relationship. For me, that happens to be the shower, okay? I close the door. The water's running. It's very peaceful, and I can hear the word. I can visualize. I can pray, and I can be in there comfortably, you know, and give real time and, and commitment to the most important responsibility that I could ever want or have, which is honoring, respecting, and communicating with my Heavenly Father. For you, where is that spot? Do you have that spot? Is it identified? Do you use that spot? Is there cobwebs on it? Is it dirty? Is it clean? Is it active? Right? Like if we look at your knees right now, are they worn because you're always on your knees praying? Are your hands have calluses because they're together all the time? Like those who are in active practice, there's indicators, especially in the fruit of their life. And then those who intend to, there's so many people who are intenders, right? Not pretenders, but intenders. They intend to pray. They intend to communicate. They intend to have devotionals. They intend 
their way all the way out of the game, but it does not get done. And it's important. And then it says here in scripture, you pray to thy father, which is in secret, meaning no one else is around. No one else hears this prayer, but he sees you. Because he's all-knowing, all-being. He's everywhere. So he sees you in the closet, in prayer right now. And that the rewards shall be shared openly, right? Now, it doesn't mean that everybody has to view that in terms of openness, but that God will provision it in a manner in which you can receive it. And so as we kind of move into, he doesn't state, and it's not stated in this passage what the reward is. But through research and, and just kind of, praying on it and thinking on it, I really believe that reward is the presence of God. That when you think about everything that's going on in your life right now, I'm talking about from your personal matters, right? What's happening right now with you and your family. I want you to think about that right now. I want you to think about what's happening in your career. I want you to think about right now what's happening in your business and or finances. I want you to think about what's happening within you. Is there a storm inside you right now? Because if there is, that will be in the absence of the presence of God. See, when we have the presence of God, things can almost get boring because there's a peace. There's a joy there. And although we have to work and be intentional to make sure that we protect that joy, that peace, that presence of God, because intentionality around good is different than evil. Like you don't have to do work for evil to take place. Give an example. Let's just use a garden as an example. If I don't tend to my garden, weeds will take it over, uh, insects, birds, you you name it, and that garden is destroyed in a matter of weeks, right? Doesn't take very long at all. But in order to protect that garden, which is, can produce fruit, I have to weed it, I have to tend to it, I have to water it, I have to watch over it, I have to protect it, right? And then also be patient with it because those seeds take time to harvest. Well, it's like that in life too. If we're to protect and see good and do good, we have to be in a position that we're intentional on identifying and seeking God's commandments and living those commandments so that we can also experience His presence. Because in His presence, there's comfort. In His presence, there's peace. In his presence, there's understanding. And in his presence, when we when our minds are clear, we receive the spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is our guidance, our navigational tool, our counsel, right, ultimately. And that's what we want to focus on and get each and every day. Because when we have that, there's nothing that we can't conquer. There's nothing that we can't do. All things shall prosper because you are the child of God. And getting to that place of understanding who you are, your identity is key here. We want to stay away from understanding that, look, if we don't have the, the presence of God, we're experiencing worry. We're experiencing fear, doubt, anxiety. And then on top of that, we have the world misconstruing our understanding and therefore programming you not to experience the presence of God. So that's why we have to be intentional, right? Just like the garden, we have to be intentional for the good, intentional with our relationship with our Heavenly Father and our relationship with any other person or thing in our life, we have to be very intentional with that. And intentionality is such a tremendous asset in today's time, but most people are unaware and unconsciously being incompetent. We want to get to this place where we're unconsciously competent 
because we are doing the work, we're praying, we're meditating, we're consistently building an independent, faithful relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus, and we're building that rock of foundation. And then what happens, here's what happens when the storm comes. You may sway a little, you may be rocked a little, but when you now have a fundamental skill set on how to get back to the presence of God, you will never lose that way. And you can charter a course each and every time, no matter how long or short it may seem or appear, you will get there quicker, faster, in a hurry, because you know there all things can be resolved. And what do I mean by that? You know, like in business, we're always up against timelines, we're up against ruin, we're up against destruction, we're up against something that always can go wrong that could be um, just critical to the destruction of business. And so therefore, it's easy to step into worry, right? Thinking into the future, thinking into what could come, thinking about tomorrow, today. And Jesus talks about that, that we are not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own worries, right? We are to be present. And when we have the presence of God, getting back to that, we can feel peace because what we do is, like for me, what I do when I realize that I'm kind of in a place of worry or doubt, I immediately stop right then and there and pray. And I just give that burden to the one that says that his burdens are light and that he's willing to take on our burdens and just hand it over and work diligently not to take it back. Okay, that's also a key indicator as an achiever. You always want to take it back. Don't take it back. Leave it, drop it off and move on. But knowing how to have a strategy right there in place where you can just stop, pause and, and just say, God, in this moment, I am what, what you're feeling. Describe what's on your mind. Describe, you know, the state in what you want to return to. And just a prayer of clarity and, and, and communication. You will feel such a weight lift off your shoulders in that moment. That is miraculous in itself. And it always makes you think, why did I even allow this worry, fear, doubt, anything to even come over me? It makes no sense. I'm way more intelligent. I'm a progressive, intelligent being. Why am I acting ignorant, dumb, or stupid in this moment, right? Because emotions can cloud our judgment. So we want to break that up. And so now we want to talk about how do we receive it? How do we receive the reward, right? And so I was listening to the pastor... Um, Today And one of the things that he mentioned, another prominent pastor, and I can't remember his name, but he said, he said, how do you know when you are taking on the burdens? How do you know when you're trying to handle everything? He said, check your prayer game, right? How frequently are you praying? What's the level of the prayer, consistency of prayer? Because when we revert back to not praying, then we are deciding to be full of self and to handle everything ourselves and do everything ourselves. And we no longer are tapping into the power between our covenant, between our Heavenly Father and you. What you're doing now is taking it on all by yourself, right? So to level up your praying game, you have to find ways of consistency. My recommendation when it comes to consistency in prayer is you need to now find a routine. And so the first thing you may want to do is find a way to automate it. Use your technology, right? You pick up that device 50 plus times a day on average. And so why not add some reminders to say, the reminder could be a question because the mind doesn't like to lie to itself. So have you prayed today? Or how many times have you prayed today? Have you spoken to your Heavenly Father today? Like you can tile it in a way where it can trigger you to go, oh, I have it. And then the discipline 
to stop whatever you're doing and say, I need to pause and take two minutes, three minutes. There isn't a quantifiable time that is like disqualifies you for being blessed. So therefore, you can stop right in that moment, pray, and then decide from that moment forward that I'm going to continue this pattern. What happens is, is that it becomes like a muscle that you put demand on, you worked out, and then a repetition is circled around it. And before you look up, you now put yourself in a position where you know now that when you feel your physiology starts to change, the tightening of your chest, the, the blood pressure being reduced, you know, less oxygen coming in because you're not breathing this deep, you can immediately step into prayer. You know exactly what it is and what you're focused on and how to remove your focus, how to shift your physiology, and so that you can now communicate first to Heavenly Father. And that's why it says in Scripture, right, uh, right in Matthew 6, 33, I believe it is, seek, you know, seek ye first, seek ye the kingdom, seek God first, and all these things shall be added unto you, right? So seek ye first, and all these things shall be added unto you. When you seek him first, instead of worrying, that's what we're saying, seek him first. Okay, as soon as I'm concerned, and I begin to, if I go to God with my concerns and my worries, and then make the decision that I, I trust him, I understand that he will find a way. He will make a way. He will. Well, what he will do is provide you with what you need to make a way. You still have to do your part. I don't want to take that away. You have to do your part, but he will find a way, right? He will seek ye first, and all these things shall be added unto you. So you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay your bills. You don't have to worry about how you're going to eat, how you're going to be clothed, how you're going to travel, how you're going to take care of your next business venture. You shouldn't be worried about any of that. God's made it very clear that... You, I will prosper your hand if you're obedient and you do as I ask you to do and you do your part, you shall prosper. So if you know that, you have to believe that. And that's where the gap is. Most people truly unequivocally do not believe it. And so therefore, they are not receiving it. And therefore, it leaves them without questioning. And that's where it allows the enemy to step in. So I hope this conversation helps because ultimately what I want you to take away from this, if there was just a couple minute recap, is really number one, I need to really get to a place where I am actively praying. And the prayer is, you know, you need to lead with who you're speaking to, Heavenly Father, and then close out within Jesus' name, right? Because it has to pass through Jesus' name because Jesus is the conduit. So you can't, if, you, if your structure is not right, then it's not being heard right, right? Secondly, you don't want to be in a place where you're praying out of greed, out of, you know, any of the sins that could reposition the way God hears you. So you want to make sure you have an open, clear heart. You've thought through it, you know, that you realize why you're praying is because you want to submit yourself. Not that you're trying to leverage God, not that you're trying to manipulate God, because that just won't work. Like, you, you're not smart enough. It just won't happen. So don't put yourself in that position. And then ultimately, you also want to realize that prayer is nothing more than deepening the, the relationship, having an independent relationship outside of your spouse with your God, having an independent relationship besides your children with God. You know, you want to be in a position that you have an independent, authentic relationship where you communicate frequently on the smallest matters in your life and the biggest matters and watch God step in and guide you in the manifestation. And then your belief system begins to shift. And when you have this radical belief, that all things will work in your favor and all things will prosper and that that your attitude towards life is drastically different because you no longer focus on the facts. Facts can't, you can't change facts. There's going to be a positive and a negative to all facts. 
But what you really do is find the positive. You'll find the good in it, and you'll work in that. And it'll change the outlook on how you see everything. And when you see everything different, you begin to live life different, do life different, and you're going to be blessed, prosperous, and, and joyful as a result. So I thank you for listening to today's podcast, and I'll see you all next week. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.